Hey, Housebound Heroes. Today, we're talking about footy. Now, as you may be aware, the AFL season has been suspended, so it has been a really good time to reminisce on the years gone by. And so today, I'm going to do my top 10 Geelong players that I've ever seen play. So for context, I was a bit slow to get onto the footy bandwagon as a as a young boy. I wasn't super interested. As, as a little, little boy, I, I did love Gabby Yablett, um, but my memories are very, very pretty much non-existent of anything football related be before 2004. I was really slow to get onto it when I went to high school, jumped on the, the footy bandwagon and became quite obsessed for quite a few years there, which wasn't helped by the fact that I, I grew up in Geelong during a time where Geelong was very dominant. I got to see three premierships. I was at the 2007 grand final and then again the 2009 grand final and watched the 2011 premiership uh, from the comfort of Geelong and went out into the town and celebrated that because that was the only one I was over over 18 for um, and so I'm going to just spend today looking back at my favorite or my top 10 best Geelong players and I'm talking just sheer talent and I guess accolades as well and the impact on the Geelong Football Club during the time. So let's get stuck into it. This is my top 10 Geelong players. So let's get stuck into it. Uh, I just want to reiterate this is Geelong players that I have seen and experienced play uh, now, we're not, I'm not taking into consideration guys like Gary Ablett Sr. and Buddha Hocking, players that dominated a bit before I sort of really got involved. So I can only really talk about 2005 onwards. And so it was hard narrowing it down to 10. Um, there's a f- quite a few unlucky players, but we're just going to roll with 10. So let's just get stuck into it. The first player on this list is Joel Corey. Now, Joel Corey is one of the most underrated players uh, to have played for Geelong. I mentioned his name to Christine before, and she's like, I don't actually know who that is. I've never heard of him. Because he was like the C in Geelong's brilliant ABC midfield. You had Ablett, Bartel, and Corey. Corey just slipped under the radar. He was one of the first midfielders that were over six foot three. He was like 191 centimeters, um, big midfielder, just consistent, dominant in the clearance and around the ball. Uh, this guy, three-time Premiership player, two-time Best and Ferris winner, two-time All-Australian, and was just uh, a tremendous asset to that Geelong midfield. He, he finished, I think, top 20 in the Brownlow a couple of times. Uh, very underrated um, because of just the sheer talent around him. Uh, so Joel Corey, number 10. At number nine, I had one of my favorite bald-headed fellas, and there was quite a few at Geelong, but one of them stood out from the rest well, not quite the rest, second best board fellow that played for Geelong, Paul Chapman. Uh, so he was starting his career as a small forward and, and stayed down there for quite a bit before transitioning into the midfield later in his career. Uh, but this guy, short guy with um, short man syndrome, so can relate, but just like an absolute bull, just a ball of muscle, three-time premiership player, two-time All-Australian, two-time, uh, sorry, yeah, two-time preseason premiership player, just according to these lists here. Um as well as a Norm Smith medal in 2009, which is one of his career highlights. And I remember being at the 2009 grand final with my mum. This is mum, mum and I have really bonded over footy, and, and we got to go to that 2009 grand final against St Kilda. And I remember watching Chappie snap that ball over his over his shoulder, threw for a goal to put us up by by that goal uh, with only a few minutes left, and it was a match winning goal. And great memories and then he went on to win the norm smith that day but chapman's just signature move was rolling the shoulders and snapping goals like he was just so hard to tackle so hard to bring down because he just had this small uh like center of gravity 
and just was really, really strong. He also had a bit of aggro about him, which is always quite entertaining. So Paul Chapman uh, was my number nine in my top 10. And number eight, this is a guy that cops far more criticism than he actually deserves, and it's Tom Hawkins, one of the few uh, current players on this list. Um, but Tommy came into his football career with high expectations. I actually went to some of his underage games, under 18 games, because I knew he was a Geelong father-son prospect. I was about 14, 15 at the time, and he's playing games in Geelong. And I remember going to see this kid who was touted as the next big thing. He was like 110 kilos at 18 and was just dominant. And I was like, geez, we've got something special here. And people were talking about him as like the next Tony Lockett and... Uh, those who know footy know that Tony Lockett's kicked the most goals of all time. So these were high expectations. Now, Tommy, as it stands now, is the third biggest uh, goal scorer for Geelong in our history behind Gary Ablett and Doug Wade, who both kicked over 1,000 career goals. Uh, Tommy has been our leading goal kicker every year since 2012, so eight-time leading goal kicker. He's been involved in two premierships, absolutely dominated the 2011 grand final, uh, which actually you know, kicked off his career to new heights. He's been All-Australian a couple of times. He's one of best and fairest for Geelong. Uh, this guy has achieved so much and yet still cops a lot of criticism from Geelong supporters and opposition supporters. But this is a guy who's done a lot. And one of my favorite memories of Tom was um, not just the grand finals, they all stand out, not just the um, match-winning goal against Hawthorne, uh, but all, but one of the moments that really stands out was when his mum passed away and he came back and was able to play a, a solid game. But I just remember him kicking a goal and just he kicked the goal and just looked to the sky and, and it was just a really moving moment that just reminds you that football is a more than just um, athletes for our entertainment. These guys live genuine lives. And so Tommy's one that I've always respected with the life he lives and the way he's always carried himself. Um, and so Tommy comes in at number eight in my top ten. At number seven, this is probably the most entertaining player I've ever seen. I was watching Easter Monday yesterday, a replay game, and um, Steve Johnson gets the mark on the goal line, and he says to the umpire, that guy's too close, and he puts the ball down, and he counts it out, and he says, look, he's too close, and the umpire's just like, you're right, he's too close, 50 meters, and so Stevie gets the kick from directly in front, but that was just classic Steve Johnson, just an absolute showman. His career started slow. He had lots of, he couldn't help himself on the drink. I remember one time he was out drinking and he jumped the fence at the Torquay Hotel and broke both of his ankles and it looked like his career was going down the drain. They tried to trade him to Collingwood, but Collingwood did a medical and said, no, nah, this guy's stuffed. Um, he ended up getting suspended for about five games to start the 2007 season, came back and just dominated, won the Norm Smith medal and the rest is history. Uh, this is a guy that could kick seven goals and have 30 disposals. In two consecutive weeks, Melbourne, he beat Melbourne and Gold Coast nearly single-handedly. Not true. We won by 181 game, 150 the next. But he kicked seven goals in the second half of the first game and then six goals in the first half of the next game. It was like, what's that? Like 14, 13 goals over two weeks, um, basically a game. Uh, in his last game, I remember him taking a mark in the goal score. His last game for Geelong, he turns to the crowd and he just revs them up. He's like, get on your feet. And the whole stadium just erupted. And he was just the always the entertainer. 2011 grand final, came in with an injury cloud and kicked like three or four goals. And uh, just, I just there's a moment where it pans to him and he sprays a drink bottle at a Collingwood player and he says, F you. C-U-N-T, and it was just Stevie J to a T, just forever the competitor, the entertainer, um, just an absolute joy to watch. Now, the next guy on this list 
should be a lot higher if we're just on pure talent um, and achievement at an individual level, but gets docked points because he wasn't around for the glory years, came a little bit later. And that's Patrick Dangerfield, uh, who's just been a dominant force from day one at Geelong. I remember his first game for Geelong against Hawthorne, he had like 40 disposals and took a hanger in the goal square. The only thing he didn't do is kick straight. He's done, had a couple of big moments against Hawthorne. He, he went down with an injury and then in the second half came back on, sat in the goal square, kicked like five goals, seven or something crazy. He won a brown though in his first year for Geelong. This guy's been all Australian pretty much every year he's turned up to play football. Um, great character as well. One of the very few personalities in the game of footy. Gets shot down for it because people don't can't handle someone having an opinion and having personality. Um, but 200, 200, nearly 250 games, close to 300 goals across his career. Great time at Adelaide, um, Brownlow medalist, Geelong Best and Ferris multiple times, multiple All-Australians, absolute legend of uh, the AFL. If he can get a premiership before his career's up, that would really be the icing on the cake. Um, time is running out, though, for Paddy, but um, hopefully he can do that for his legacy and for um, really just the icing on the cake of his time at Geelong. So, yes, I've snubbed. Patrick Dangerfield, Brownlee medalist, AFL MVP uh, from the top five. Because this top five, they're five players that have just got um, a tremendous history at the Geelong Football Club. Uh, and, you know, I can't really argue any of these five out of the top. So at fifth, um, and this is another guy who's won a Brownlow and I haven't fit him into my top four. Uh, but Jimmy Bartell won a Brownlow medal in 2007, Norm Smith medal in 2011, uh, he never won a best and fairest for Geelong. He was All-Australian twice. Three-time premiership player, of course. Uh, born and raised in Geelong. Just got He was just like this just typical of Geelong in that era where he's just a hard-working, um, solid performer that turned up on the, on the big stage and, and really stood up when it really counted. Um, some of his highlights, 2011 Grand Final, Norm Smith medal, where he just dominated. I remember him going back from 50, kicking a goal and just looking up um, at Chris Dawes, Collingwood forward, and just lining him up and just had this look in his eye like, we can't be stopped today. And it was this classic Jimmy. Uh, his 300th game, he played alongside Corey Enright. Uh, and he kicked the last goal of the game off his left foot and the crowd just went nuts. Uh, and, they, and we shared off him and Corey Enright. It was a great memory down at Caninia Park. Uh, he kicked a point to beat Hawthorne. As you'll see, a lot of these guys have got good moments against Hawthorne unfortunately not the 2008 grand final but we'll just disregard that for now uh but beat them and part of that Kenneth curse history there uh but jimmy bartell one of the most complete careers you'll ever see from a player um courageous great leader uh, and a great representative of geelong now we're getting into some serious more serious territory we're in the top four now and at fourth, we've got probably many would consider, if he's not the best fullback of all time, he'd at least be second best, and that's Matty Scarlett. Uh, he wasn't the biggest and tallest fullback that you've ever seen, but he was just so ruthless and so hard to to stop, um, or so hard to score against, really. Um, there would be times where he'd line up on players and they'd probably touch the ball like five times. Uh, he shut down Matthew Scarlett back in, uh, Matthew, Matthew Lloyd, sorry, in his prime shut down just any key forward that would come his way. And then later in his career, when we had like um, Tom Lonigan and Harry Taylor, he was able to zone off and just play this ultimate like third man up role. And just, we were the best defense in the league by a mile at our peak. Uh, this guy, six time All-Australian, Matthew Scarlett, three time premiership player, best and fairest winner. He's already in the Hall of Fame, in the AFL Hall of Fame. Uh, 
famous for the toe poke in the 2009 grand final where he kicks the ball off the ground to Gary Ablett's hands, who bombs it inside 50. Mooney flies, Varko handballs it out to Chapman. Chapman kicks the goal. Uh, great memory from for all Geelong supporters. And then another classic Scarlet moment was when he knocked out uh, uh, Hayden Ballantyne, the Fremantle rat, uh, not promoting violence or anything, but everyone really was really frustrated with Ballantyne for a long time. And Scarlet did what everyone else <laughs> tried not to do. And I don't think he regrets it. And I think there's a lot of uh, great back and forth between those two now. Uh, now we're going into the top three. And now this top three is just uh, three players that I've admired I mean, I've admired all these players, but these these three, in my mind, are the three clear number three, uh, clear top three of Geelong in my time. So number three, we have Corey Enright. I stand by the statement that he is the most underrated player of all time. He's, if you look at his record over his career, he's he's mentioned alongside names for some of the all-time greats. Um, he is a three-time premiership player, two-time best and fairest winner, both in premiership seasons. Um which puts him in the same category as Lee Matthews, Kevin Bartlett, Jason Dunstall, Simon Black, Michael Voss, and Josh Gibson. And I think also potentially Gary Ablett. Yeah, Gary Ablett as well. Um, he also has been, yeah, so All-Australian six times, um, which is one of the most for any defender in history. Uh, this guy's just been so consistent over so, for, for so long. And yeah, just cool, calm, collected player. He's he holds the Geelong record for most games uh, ever played at 332. Uh, terrific player, absolutely, um, absolute star. Second and first uh, was a really tough one for me because there's two players here that just are cut above everyone else, and I'd argue these are two players. Not only are they the best at Geelong that that I've ever seen, but two of the best to have ever played. Uh, and I had to kind of split them based on one, I believe is the best player I've ever seen play at all, uh, ever. <laughs> and the other is the best player I've ever seen play for Geelong for the longest, most consistent period of time. Um, so second, this guy spent his entire career at Geelong and has still got more to come. Joel Selwood, uh, without a doubt, is just one of the most consistent, respected players in the league. He's got one of the best resumes of any footballer. He started in 2007, started off with a premiership and a, and a NAB Rising Star, best, um, best first-year player. Um, he went on to win a total of three premierships so far, six-time All-Australian, three times of those were captain. He's won the Most Courageous Player Award four times in the AFL, three-time Best and Fairest. He's been Geelong captain since 2012, Best Captain Award for the AFL Players Association. He's been... Um, best first year player, best young player for Players Association and Coaches Association. He's captained Australia in those international rules series. This is a guy that he doesn't have anything that's like super exceptional about him athletically or skill wise, but he just puts his body over the ball every week, week in, week out, and he's been doing it since 2007. A little story, I guess, about my experience with Joel was I remember in 2006 was the year he got drafted and I was a crazy teenager that was obsessed with footy and I was following the draft and I was really desperate for Geelong to get a, a speedy outside midfielder to compliment, um, you know, Bartel and Joel Corey and all these guys. And I wanted Leroy Jetta. And those who know Leroy Jetta, he got drafted by Essendon and was just like, he was gone within a few years. And when we drafted Joel Selwood, I was like, damn it, another slow, small midfielder. What's he got to add to our midfield? But, you know, 
we'll give him a shot. First preseason game, this guy just tore it up, and I was like, okay, I'll give this guy a chance. I reckon this guy might be all right. And then, yep, he became my favorite player very quickly, and um, I still laugh sometimes when people criticize Joel Selwood, where they say he ducks or plays for free kicks. You're an actual genuine spud if you think that's the case this is a guy that puts his head in over the footy the amount of times he's coming off with the blood rule because he's first to the ball and players are incapable of tackling him uh this he's he's better than any player really uh, that of of this era to do what he does and um he's not as explosive as danger and doesn't do the miraculous things as our number one in this list does but he's just so consistent and out and out one of the best players i've ever seen but the best player I've ever seen, and uh, I don't think we'll ever see anyone better uh, in at least the next, you know, my lifetime, I imagine. But I'm hope hope happily proven wrong if this is the case. But Gary Ablett Jr. is an incredible player. Uh, I think people forget how good he was at his prime because he's currently still playing. And he's going on 36. Not many players make it that long. Uh, but this guy at his absolute peak, you had coaches saying, don't tackle him. Just try and corral him. Because if you try and tackle him, he's either going to make you look like a fool by stepping around you or he's just going to step through you and you're not going to be able to get off that ground while he's running off kicking a goal. So players used to try and corral him and, and try and make sure that you know he doesn't get past him and he had to handball to someone else. Um, but it, he couldn't be stopped. This guy, he won two premierships. He captained the Gold Coast for uh, quite some time as well. He's won the AFL Players Association um, MVP five times. 7, 8, 9, 12, and 13. Brownlee medal twice and probably could have won it a couple more times, I reckon. Should should at least have won three, I think. Uh, plays um, Coaches Association Player of the Year three times. Eight-time All-Australian, two-time Geelong Best and Ferris, four-time Gold Coast Best and Ferris. He won Geelong's leading goal kicking. He's won Gold Coast leading goal kicking. He's played almost 350 games, kicked nearly uh, 450 goals. This guy came in with the weight of being the son of Gary Ablett, and now he walks out, but he will eventually walk out of this game, if not the equal, greater than his dad. Uh, he's won more premierships than his dad. He's won more Brownlows than his dad. He just hasn't kicked as many goals, and he probably hasn't got the same highlights package. Um, but this guy is just one of the best I've ever seen. Um, went to the same school as me, quite a, quite a, bit, quite a bit older though. Um, so I'll take that credit. And that's one thing I love about this list is we have uh, Ablett, Scarlett, um, and Hawkins as all best and uh, all as uh, sons of former Geelong players, um, and then we've also got oh, Hawkins. Oh, so Hawkins, Scarlett, and Ablett, sons of, and then we've also got guys like Patrick Dangerfield and Jimmy Bartell, who were born and raised in Geelong as well. Um, so that's pretty impressive to have such a heritage of local talent in this team. Um, so that's my top 10, just to go through it again. At 10, we had Joel Corey, 9, Paul Chapman, Hawkins at 8, Stevie J at 7, Danger at 6, Jimmy Bartel at 5, Matty Scarlett at 4, Corey Enright at 3, Joel Selwood at number 2, and Gary Ablett Jr. at number 1. Those who didn't quite make the list, I uh, had him making out the rest of my top 20 in no particular order. It was Harry Taylor, Andrew Mackey, Brad Ottens, Darren Milburn, Cameron Ling, James Kelly, Cam Mooney, Mark Blitzars, Tom Lonigan. Mitch Duncan, and there's a few other names that will hopefully make their way into there over the next few years uh, as we continue to watch some of these young guys grow up. So there you go. There's my Geelong top 10.
Well, if you've made it this far, thank you for indulging me in, in my list of top 10 Geelong players. I know this isn't everyone's bread and butter, everyone's cup of tea, so I don't care. It's my podcast. I choose the content. Uh, but hopefully the next few episodes will make some content that um, is more appealing to a broader audience, and you can listen to that when that comes out. So thanks again for listening to my top 10 Geelong players.